0: So it's Juju Smith-Schuster everyone wants to talk about, right? That's how this is going to go? Okay, that's fine. I'll play along. But believe you me, the Juju subject that I'm going to bring up here this morning is the last one he'd want anyone to talk about. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this the newly reborn DK Sports Radio podcasting Network Steelers are back at practice today at 12:15 p.m on the south side. It's expected to be a two-hour session after which Juju will or is supposed to have a session with those of us in the media. Amazingly, that session is going to top in interest the earlier session, the pre-practice session that we're going to have with Ben Roethlisberger, who actually is the story of the Steelers these days in every way, shape, and form. But no, 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 we're going to jump all over the Juju thing because he's dancing on other teams' logos and bragging about it and blasting it out on social media. And then, of course, the other night, in Cincinnati, Von Bell from the Bengals, cleans his clock, no doubt to the delight of an awful lot of people around the football world, maybe even an awful lot of people within Steelers Nation itself who are getting sick of his act. I'm here for none of that. To me, that stuff is so self-evident that expressing an opinion on it is is silly, it's redundant. Saying that it's ridiculous for a professional to behave that way, I don't think that even qualifies as, like, a thing. You know, like, that. wow, look, what did he say? Ooh, he said that's a bad thing. Ooh. It couldn't be more obvious, couldn't be more embarrassing. But when he does that stuff and when he does his other social media stunts and he has everything videotaped and scripted and all that other stuff. That's actually who he wants you to think he is. That's his sales job on himself. Never mind how he actually is, away from the cameras and microphones, at least the social media ones, uh, back when locker rooms were open, this was one of the least accommodating, least polite, least professional people that I'd be around as I've been sharing with you for a long time. None of that matters. None of that matters. The dancing stuff, the how he is with us, the how he appears on social media, none of that matters. Because you know what? He is paid to be a wide receiver in the National Football League. And he was presumed to be a number one type wide receiver, even while Antonio Brown was here, being a legit number one wide receiver. Do you remember Juju's rookie year, the commercial that the NFL did celebrating its centennial in which they had, it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. They had all these legendary players, Hall of Famers, Involved in this elaborate uh, script that lasted nearly two minutes, and one of the players, and, and I got why. Was was Juju? He was like seen as the future of the league, and oh, look at them passing the baton. Uh, Juju and Franco and Terry Bradshaw, and, like. Here's what's happened since then. Here's what's happened since then, and it is not pretty. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by Warrior Alpaca Socks. What makes these socks different is the alpaca fiber used in their construction. It's stronger, softer, far less irritating to the skin, more breathable and warmer than wool. Warrior Alpaca Socks are also hypoallergenic with a wide variety of of styles and colors from outdoor work socks to cozy bed socks to lightweight diabetic compression socks. They all look and feel great. Treat yourself or a loved one to a little bit of comfort this season with a pair from warrior I'm going to give you the spelling of that. In case you're wondering, it's warrior alpaca is a L P a C a socks.com. Use the code DK to receive 15% off your first order. One more time, warrior and use the code DK. It's just for our podcast listeners. Good deal. Here's Juju's numbers. This is the part he doesn't tweet out to the world, and you knew that's what I was going to do here. This season, he has 82 catches, and that's tied for 12th in the NFL. Not bad. Not bad. He has seven touchdowns, tied for 15th in the NFL. Again, this is among wide receivers. Not bad. He also has 670 receiving yards. That's tied for 44th. That is bad. His average catch is 8.2 yards. That's 124th, which is awful. Now, before you jump in and say, oh, they're not throwing downfield and, you know, bend this and bend that and whatever else here, the fact of the matter is, on this current roster, Juju Smith-Schuster is the third best receiver. Deontay Johnson has been the most productive. Chase Claypool has been the most dynamic. James Washington, I would argue, is the most reliable, but I'm going to purposely leave him out of this because the Steelers mostly left him out of this until about the last three or four weeks. So I'll have Juju as the number three wide receiver after Antonio Brown left. This past... Monday, the game in which he had his clock cleaned. He had three catches for 15 yards, and a fumble on that play where Bell lined him up, saw the 19, as Bell said himself, and took him out in large part because he was going to make that a point because of his reaction to the logo dancing, and that fumble that resulted ended up costing the Steelers a Cincinnati touchdown and was part of the 17 to nothing lead that the Bengals built that the Steelers couldn't overcome the Bengals I feel like I really have to emphasize that this was the Bengals juju has been no better than a mediocre receiver at any stage since ab left That's not an insult. That's not a reaction to his dancing. That's not a reaction to his social media. That's not a reaction to how he is in the locker room. That is an actual, verifiable, statistical fact. He's been either mediocre or below mediocre. He has been anything but special. And if you go back to his rookie year, that was at least a reasonable Eh, expectation's a bit rough, but a goal, a reasonable goal. When you come into the league at the age that he did, 22 years old, and you have that kind of impact and you make those kinds of big plays that he did, it's fair to have thought this could be a special player. This could be someone who would someday legitimately belong with those other people that we saw in that commercial. It crossed my mind. Why wouldn't it? It seemed like every other time he touched the football as a rookie, he exploded. He would get these quick little three, four-yard slants, and next thing you knew it was a 75-yard touchdown, and he had people who looked like they had him lined up, and he would just pursed through them and there was something that that was different about him that was different physically that was different in that in terms of that special to use that word again feeling that you have about certain athletes especially when they're young hasn't materialized into anything it really hasn't the other night in Cincinnati When the Steelers did that neat play where they double stacked their wide receivers at bookends on either side of the field and bend through to his left, it was to Claypool, and it was Claypool who turned that into a big gain. Juju was a blocker. Play was never going to go to him. Wonder why. 670 yards is what he has in receiving yards this year. 44th in the NFL. If Ben's throwing short, and Juju's catching short, and Juju's not getting any yards after the catch, got news for you. That's on Juju. Because the Juju from 2018 was turning those into touchdowns. What happened? What happened? Where did this player go? Where did the ascent go from age 22, and everyone thought, wow, he's still so young. What happened? Where did that explosiveness go? Why does he not look like anything close to the fastest receiver on the field when he's out there? I don't know. I don't have that answer. All I have is a whole bunch of TikToks and social media and... And all this other crap. You can argue till you're blue in the face that these things aren't related. There are times when I'll back you on that argument because people connect all kinds of weird things to narratives, especially when they're upset. Because it's not ever sufficient, it seems, to just say that something didn't go right. It always has to be attached to some kind of Soap opera element. But in this case, you tell me what else it could be. How did this player regress? Regress. It's not just that AB is gone and took the double coverage off him because he's not getting double coverage now. Who's double covering this guy? He's not your worry. That line elapsed a long time ago how is he going to handle all the extra attention he's not getting any extra attention watch the plays watch the coverages he's just a guy and other teams know he's just a guy if they're worried about anybody it's Deontay because he gets all the targets and after that it's Claypool because he makes all the splash that's it that's it Watch Sunday against the Colts. Watch watch what Indianapolis does. Watch how they handle Juju. He'll just get another guy. He'll get a nickel corner or whatever. He, he won't get anything remotely resembling an extra eye on him. And he shouldn't. He's not anything special. He's certainly not worth accommodating or babying, as has happened to him in in far too big a portion of this fan base, A.B. was at least worth the headache. You know, A.B. would go out there and get you 13 catches for 140 yards and a couple touchdowns, and you'd be like, man, he can do whatever he wants all week. That's great. This guy isn't that. This guy isn't that. This football team will be better when he is gone. And he will be gone after this season because he will be a free agent. He isn't worth anything close to this level of headache. And he's just not that good a football player. Newsflash, hashtag whatever it is that you want to do with it. He's just not that good of a football player. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for just one question, and that's brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George, or LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. LGKG have been AV rated. That's the highest rating a law firm can receive for legal ability and ethics. They've also been designated as super lawyers, capital S, capital L for over 15 years. In our region, LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. They'll be happy to help you, too. Learn more at LGKG.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Today's Just One Question comes from Matt, who asks, If Mason Rudolph isn't the answer to the riddle of, if not Ben, then who then why are the Steelers keeping him? Surely the succession plan would be better for having an actual successor in the wings. Remember, Matt, that when we say that Mason Rudolph isn't the future or isn't the successor or anything like that, that's us saying it. Uh, It's not the Steelers. So I, I first want to establish that. The Steelers have never said, oh, this guy's not it. They have maintained steadfastly that they believe in Mason and that he can be a significant part of their future. That said, we saw what we saw in 2019, and the Steelers see what they see every day in practice in 2020. And the fact is, Mason doesn't look anything like that. I'm not being mean, I'm not suggesting that he had the easiest time in 2019 with his Injuries and the Miles Garrett nonsense and everything else that happened to him being basically thrown to the Wolves. But when you look around the NFL, including this very season, and you see a Justin Herbert or somebody else, now Jalen Hurts with the Chargers and the Eagles respectively, get opportunities and just pounce on them, seize them, don't let them go. That's actually kind of what you want. That's what you wanted in 2019. And if we had seen that in 2019, big hypothetical there, obviously, I would imagine we'd be having a very, very different discussion right now about quarterbacks in general for this franchise because Mason would have put himself into the conversation. I'd further imagine that if Mason was knocking everybody dead right now in practice, and he gets a lot of reps, don't sneeze that off. Just because you don't see him uh, and the public doesn't see him doesn't mean they aren't happening. Today, he'll get almost all of the first team reps. Uh, Josh Dobbs will take some. Ben, of course, doesn't practice on Wednesdays and hasn't for years. So they'll see, they see every day what Mason Rudolph is as a quarterback. And if he was just wowing everyone, just dropping dimes, firing BBs, believe me, there'd be some discussion about it. There isn't because he isn't that guy. So why is there no existing line of succession? I mean, my easy counter to that, Matt, is, you know, I don't know why there needs to be. Um, I've never understood the football mentality that you have to have your quarterback sitting there waiting for you and available whenever it's his chosen time. Um, I think some of that stems from going back to uh, Steve Young Under Joe Montana, if I'm not going to date myself here, with the the great 49ers, it was seen as this embarrassment of riches that the 49ers had Steve Young just waiting there, just waiting his turn. And eventually, of course, the Niners just kind of nudged Montana out, and he went and finished his career very strongly, I might add, in Kansas City. While the Young era began... In San Francisco, and we've seen that in other places too. Brett Favre giving way or, again, being nudged out by the Packers so that Aaron Rodgers could take over. Well, the the Packers went out and drafted a quarterback in the first round this year, and it was all kinds of fuss about it. Wow, including from Rodgers himself. And How can they do this? Wow. Well, some teams do that. I really don't understand it. When you're ready to replace your franchise quarterback, just replace him. There's a zillion different ways to do it, and I'm not saying here that it's like snap of a finger easy, but there are methods for it. You can make a trade. You can trade up in the draft. The Steelers just did that for an inside linebacker. You can go through free agency. You can identify somebody like a Carson Wentz from the Eagles and say, wow, they really butchered it with that guy. He could benefit from a change of scenery. Let's see what we can do here. I don't know that that one's going to be very practical because Wentz already costs a ton of money, and if you were to release Ben, you're still on the hook for $21 million in dead money for Ben next year, and now you're paying $20 and change to Wentz, too, and it's just too big a part of your... Cap that's eaten up. But my point is, those things exist. Quarterbacks exist. They don't have to sit around and make us feel comfortable for a couple of years. So we just, we don't have to worry about it. It's okay because that guy's standing right there. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Mason isn't it. Mason isn't it, Matt. It's a good question. It's a fair question. But it's a solvable problem when the time comes. Maybe that time has already come. Maybe it has. Thanks so much for that. Thanks to everybody um, for listening to this show. I also do daily shots every day on Penguins and Pirates if you're into hockey and or baseball and ask you to check those out as well.